Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read a book about a guy defiling a corpse. This is page 613. Quoth, Martin hissed. I looked up to see the tracker with his bow drawn tight to his ear. I've got the shot on their boss. Take it. His bow hummed and the man sprouted an arrow from his upper thigh, piercing piercing the chainmail, the leg itself, and the armor behind it. From the corner of my eye, I saw Martin draw another arrow and put it to the string in a fluid motion, but before he could shoot it, I saw their leader bend. Not a deep bending at the waist, as if he were doubling over in pain. He bent at the neck to look down at the arrow that had pierced his leg. After a second scrutiny, he grasped the arrow in a fist and snapped off the fletching. Then he reached behind himself and pulled the arrow from his leg. I froze as he looked straight toward us and pointed to our position with the hand that held the broken arrow. He spoke a brief word of command to his men, tossed the arrow into the fire, and stalked gracefully to the other side of the camp. Great Tello, overroll me with your wings, Martin said, his hand falling away from his bowstring. Protect me from demons and creatures that walk in the night. Only the fact that I was deep in the heart of stone kept me from a similar reaction. I turned back to the camp in time to see a small forest of bows being bent in our direction. I ducked my head and aimed a kick at the stupefied tracker, knocking him over as the arrows hummed past. He tumbled over, his quiver of arrows scattering down the muddy bank. Tempe, I called. Here, he replied from off to my left. Aish, no arrow. More arrows sang overhead, a few of them sticking into trees. Soon they would get the range and start arcing the arrows overhead so they fell on us from above. A thought came to me as calmly as a bubble rising to the surface of a pond. Tempe, bring me this man's bow. Yeah. I heard Martin muttering something, his voice low, urgent, and indistinct. At first I thought he'd been shot, then I realized he was praying. Telu, shelter me from iron and anger, he murmured softly. Telu, keep me safe from demons in the night. Tempe pushed the bow into my hand. I took a deep breath and broke my mind into two pieces, then three, then four. In each piece of my mind, I held the bowstring. I forced myself to relax and broke my mind again. Five. I tried again and failed. Tired, wet, and cold, I had reached my limit. I heard bowstrings thrum again and arrows hit the ground around us like a heavy rain. I felt a tug on the outside of my arm near my shoulder as one of the page ended. My name is Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. This is more reasons why Martin can't be the leader because he's freaking out. (laughs) To be fair to Martin... This is something completely outside of his experience. First, his ostensible leader is doing, like, terrifying murder magic. And then he, fu- he like, fully shoots a guy. And the guy just pulls the arrow out, like, basically without being affected by it in the slightest. And then points at him and is like, oh, yeah, kill that guy. I would also probably, I'm not religious at all, but I would probably just start, I become religious in that moment, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I, I yeah, can't even fair. begin to imagine what I would do in that moment. I don't know that I would become religious because I don't know what religion I'd end up picking. <laughs> Zoroastrianism, baby. Just sort of a yeah, just sort of like a Flying general religion. Monster? You know, just like a general any religion that'll well, have. In this me, case, <laughs> I'll start. You know, like in the mummy, in the mummy when Benny starts pulling out all the different medallions and he keeps praying until one of them works. That's what I would start doing. Except I'd have to start <laughs> stocking up on religious uh, memorabilia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is supposedly Cinder. The uh, Cathay tells Quoth later that this this thing, this leader, is Cinder. He's graceful. He is familiar to Quoth, and he doesn't seem to feel pain. 
he just uh, notes that he's been shot with an arrow, pulls it out, and then is able to uh, backtrace its trajectory directly to their position. And I want to, I guess, correct myself a little bit. In my memory, Martin was praying because he was scared of Quoth, but he really starts praying when he sees the supernatural affect of the bandit leader. And it's probably both. It's probably he's uh, in way over his head because on both sides now he's surrounded by the supernatural and his whole outlook on life, shall we say, has been has been upended. And I mean, when you've got actual proof of actual magic on both sides, who's to say that a little bit of uh, religion couldn't also be true? And I think there is some compelling evidence that Martin's prayers are actually what ends up saving them. But we'll get Ooh, to that in interesting. a little bit. Yeah, that's the thing. In, in, a, in a world where you have proof that the supernatural is real, it really doesn't make sense to be an atheist. <laughs> it's like, I mean, if that's real, anything can be real. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the, I, we've talked about this before, but this book gets to have it both ways because we have pretty mundane explanations. Actually, we don't really get explanation, do we, for for sympathy? It just works. We never really get a like, this is a fundamental force of science. It's just like, well, I mean, it's been scientized. You can argue the same thing about physics. We understand a lot about physics, but there, like there is no grand unified theory, right? There is nothing that can explain the why the fundamental forces of the universe work as they do. They just do. Yeah, it's because of gravity. Right, but why does gravity work? Because the big things are sucking us in. Right, but why? Because there's so much of it. Why? <laughs> That's so much mass. Why? All that mass. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, that that mass. That <laughs> <laughs> mass, though. Damn, look at that mass. <laughs> <laughs> what that mass do? Back that mass up. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we avoid destroying our brains by thinking about the cosmic truths. We just make weird puns about kind of sexualizing planetoids. Yeah, we could have taught Lovecraft so much. Yeah, because it, somewhere in this, there's a there's a joke about the song where they sing about trunks, like butts like their trunks. Like dumps like a truck, thong song. The, You're talking no, about- no, 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 no. The one where it's what are you like gonna do with all that junk. Yeah, all that junk up in your trunk, but that except for mass. Yes, Jordana. That's right. What are you going to do with all that mass up in your ass? Is that what you're trying to say, Jordana? Sure. I don't know. <laughs> well, now it sounds like it's a song about yeah. pooping. That's a good point, actually. <laughs> well, I mean, isn't that what dumps like a truck mean in the thong song? Okay, okay. Can this we is, talk about Cisco's is... The Thong Song? Because I remember being the summer of grade Wait a minute. Hold on. Benjamin Cisco wrote the, so- the right. thong Benjamin song? That's right. Benjamin Cisco, oh, the commanding officer of Deep Space Nine, wrote the thong song. About, okay, guess, back to the thing that we're wife? actually reading. <laughs> God damn it. She has dumps like a truck. Truck. <laughs> Guys like what? 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 I'm just trying to, I'm just picturing his like manic when he's like. No, no, he's, yeah. When, when he's yeah. like, when his eyes are bucking out and he's, he's like <laughs> super into it. That's a pretty good Avery Brooks, my man. Oh, thank you. Jordana, I, I feel like you had something really compelling to talk about on this page. I just want to talk about the page. Yeah. I mean, Quoth, this is another clever feat of sympathy that Quoth does. And it's interesting to me that this is the last thing he thinks of. The first thing he thinks of to do is to use sympathy to murder people to like kill them in cold blood but here he disarms five bowmen at once pretty economically uh without killing anybody i think that i mean i if i may 
I think that's because the bows have presented a clear and present danger, whereas before they knew their position, it was probably the most expedient to uh, kill or maim them from safety. Although I agree with you that he doesn't spend a ton of time thinking about how to like non-lethally subdue them. Although on the other other hand, I think it's like perhaps as bad to uh, sever someone's Achilles tendon uh, in this in this day and age. Like you're, conde- you're I think you're condemning them to a, a lingering death that would kill somebody, but really painfully. Yeah, and very lengthily. So at least like stabbing someone in the eye will probably kill them right away. Lovely. Yeah, that's great. You know? A small note on Martin's prayers. He says, tell who shelter me from iron and anger. Iron in this sense probably meaning swords, but I think normally swords would be made of steel, right? No, not necessarily. Okay, well, anyway, iron being with the fang, I just thought it was worth mentioning. They did have steel, but like steel is made with iron. Metallurgists don't at me. Steel is made from mixing iron with another kind of metal. Um, or or treating iron in some particular way. I think in this... Hang on, I, I think Joran is on to something that this is like an oath involving iron, which as we know, it has a real effect on supernatural creatures that has been uh, brought into this religion. Like Martin's clearly reciting something. This isn't just him going off the cuff. This is a holy text or a, a known prayer that he's repeating. So... Uh, it's a good catch, Jordana, that there's something like the protective power or perhaps the damaging power of iron to a creature or a being like Telu uh, is is incorporated in this uh, in this prayer. He has a big iron wheel, right? He makes the iron wheel in the story that we heard to bind in Canis. So iron is part of his, shall we say, his portfolio, at least in that version of the story. I also wonder, because like iron can also be used in the kind of... Uh metaphorical sense just to mean like weaponry even if the met weapon isn't necessarily made of iron like it can refer to like that kind of like destructive power like you know sometimes cowboys would call the gun a shooting iron i don't know if their guns were actually made of iron but like it's a it's it's a little bit of poetry so i think that might also be the case reasonable pretty sure they were referring to what they were using to press their clothes jeremy Grumbles from from the peanut gallery. <laughs> uh, destroyed, destroyed with facts and logic. I'm not owned. I'm not owned. I've never been owned. Y'all been corn cobbed, son. No. <laughs> Blows smoke off of my phone as I finish tweeting. Surely you mean you're shooting iron. You're posting iron. Your no, phone no. is your posting I'm iron. <laughs> I'm boosting iron. Yes. <laughs> you guys are ridiculous. Okay. Are, are we all done? This thread's not big yes. enough for the both of us. Well, we have a letter here. Quick mailbag. This letter's from Joe, who writes on King Killer Chronicles, colon, Book of Secrets. Hello, all. The Book of Secrets that Quoth has encountered in one way or another three times now reminds me of those bestiaries slash books of magic slash dragon manuals that they'd make to look fancy and sell to kids at Barnes & Noble or other such bookstores. I'd absolutely love it if the Book of Secrets Quoth encountered is covered in fake gold leaf, glass gems, and various grades of glitter. On a related note, the mention of the Book of Secrets puts me in mind of the 2007 Nicolas Cage Tour de Force National Treasure colon Book of Secrets, which now makes me think... Which now makes... Which now, of course, makes me wonder who you all think Nick Cage should play in the eventual Kingkiller adaptation. 
I think Cage's intensity and sense of drama would make him a spectacular master ham. Where do you all feel his acting talents would be best applied? Warmest regards to all, Joe. Uh, so just to get this out of the way, I strongly agree with you about the book. I would gladly buy a, uh, a book of secrets illustrated by Nate Taylor, of course. And if it was done up and embossed with gems and stuff, uh, rad. But Joe, come on. Nick Cage has to play Elodin. Oh, I was thinking that too. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Totally shoe in like his, his weird energy and his, yeah, like, he's so weird. Completely just, I mean, he's a little old now. Uh, I think he could still do it. Like he looks great in unbearable weight of massive talent. So I think he could still do it, but like, yeah, it's gotta be elegant. Yeah, that's, man. that's kind of genius. On the topic of the book, I, I had the dragon manual with like the gold leaf cover and the gems and like the, like little packets of glitter in the, like in the layered pages that was like dragon dust and scales and all that. I had that book. It was the best. <laughs> Damn. We should all be so fortunate. I say I still have one of the glitter packets uh, with, with the little like embossed corners. Uh, I cut it out of the book. I totally butchered the book because I couldn't keep it because uh, I didn't have any room when I moved. So I like cut out my favorite pieces of it and then recycled the book. Damn. It was very sad, but I still have some of it. And you'll still have some of us on tomorrow's page. Um, I'm, I'm trying to find a good Elodin quote to do in a Nick Cage voice. Words can light fires in the minds of men. Words can wring tears from the hardest hearts. <laughs> the genius of casting Nick Cage as that character is like, Nick Cage, when he cares about a part, when he like is like really into it, he can deliver a completely authentic and understated performance. But... As we all know, no one freaks out like Nick Cage. And Elodin requires one to do both. Genius, top tier, S tier casting, no no notes. Your next assignment is to have sex. Uh, if you don't know how to do this, <laughs> see me after class. It's starting to Sean Connery. If you don't know how to if do this, see me after class. <laughs> Sean Connery would also be... Okay, no, before Nick turns into Sean Connery, let's end the page. Incredible. <laughs> Sean Connery should be him, damn. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, you can send, tell us your one fan casting on tomorrow's page. Of uh, the wind.